we sit as we listen to our readings from Holy Scripture. A reading from the book of the prophet Malachi. Thus saith the Lord God, See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the days of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Je Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be swift to bear witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired workers in their wages, the widow and the orphan, against those who trust aside the alien and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. The response to the psalm is, the Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. The Lord whom you seek will suddenly come. The hurt is the Lord and all that is in it, the world and all who dwell therein. For it is he who founded it upon the seas and made it firm upon the rivers of the deep. The, the Lord, Lord of hosts is, is the King, the king of, of glory. glory. Who can ascend the ills of the Lord and who can stand in his holy place? Those who have clean hands and a pure heart, those who have not pledged themselves to falsehood, nor sworn by what is a fraud. The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. They shall receive a blessing from the Lord and a just reward from the God of their salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, of those who seek your face, O God of Jacob. The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. Lift up your heads, O gates, lift them high, O everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. Lift up your heads, O gates, lift them high, O everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Since the children share flesh and blood, Jesus himself likewise shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the ones who has the power of death, that is, the devil and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For it is clear that he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect, so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make a sacrifice of anointment for the sins of the people, 
because he himself was tested by what he suffered and is able to help those who are being tested. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you're able, please stand to receive the gospel. Today, the Lord is presented in the temple in substance of our mortal nature. Alleluia. <clears throat> Today, the Blessed Virgin comes to be purified in accordance with the law. <clears throat> Alleluia. Today, old Simeon, Simeon proclaims Christ as the light to the na- of the nations and the glory of Israel. Alleluia. Praise to Christ, Christ the light, light of, of the, the world. world. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy in the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what, was, what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. As, and the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayers, night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to, and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favour of God was upon him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And today we welcome Despina Francois 
as our preacher, Despina is a lay reader not too far away from us in Sydney at Holy Trinity. And like Cicelyn, she is a reader in the diocese, and she is from the Greek Orthodox tradition, where they still have the churching of women. The Church of England used to have that some years ago. So I thought she's best placed to come to talk to us on this feast day when we celebrate the presentation of Christ in the temple, is candle mass, is the end of Christmas, and is also the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So Despina, over to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Please be seated. Well, did you know that today's feast has no less than four different names? And I just wonder how many people knew that we've heard about three already. So each name recalls the different aspects of the feast and they are the presentation, the purification, the meeting of the Lord, and the fourth is the popular name, Candlemas, which is mostly associated with the words of Simeon, as he declares Christ to be a light to reveal to the Gentiles. But today, I'm going to talk about the purification. But before I do that, I first need to say something of the presentation, because the two are very, very closely connected. The presentation of Christ by his mother at the temple is commemorated exactly 40 days after his birth. But it's important to note that Luke says, as we heard in our reading at verse 22, when the time came for their purification, indicating that it was necessary under the law for both mother and baby to be purified at the temple. And according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And verse 24 says, And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and a young pigeon. The law of Moses that Luke is referring to here is as quoted from Leviticus 12, verses 6 to 8 which says, when the days of her purification are completed, entrance of the tent of meeting, a lamb in its first year has to be, sorry, I better read that again. When the days of her purification are completed, whether for a son or a daughter, she shall bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting, a lamb in its first year for a burnt offering, and a pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. And he shall offer it before the Lord and make atonement on her behalf. Then she shall be clean from her flow of blood. If she cannot afford an offering and the offering for a sin offering, then she shall bring two turtle doves or two pigeons. And this is exactly what Luke tells us that they brought. They brought a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. And this indicates that Mary and Joseph must have been poor because this was all they could afford to bring. And now for the purification. Because in Jewish culture, after the birth of a child, the mother was considered to be unclean for seven days. And then she had to remain a, th a further 33 days at home, which on the 40th day, of purification, a sacrifice had to be offered. 
the Greek Orthodox Church where I was raised and baptized as a child, this ceremony is still done. And recently, I witnessed this at a funeral which I attended, where my niece, who had just had a baby, was refused entry to the church at her own grandmother's funeral. Well, this really angered me. And if anyone knows me, and Mother Roxanne knows me, I can be a little bit fiery at times. And so I went straight to the priest and I had a quiet word with him. Uh, after having spoken with him, he decided that he would go outside, go outside the church where both mother and baby stood, and he gave them what he called a temporary blessing so that they could enter the church to attend the funeral. But the priest made it very, very clear to her that she had to come back on the 40th day for purification. After the funeral, I asked the priest why the church still does this. And I referenced the story of the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. And he explained very clearly that it was because the flow of blood after childbirth and during menstruation is in conflict with the blood that flows from Christ. And he said that the only flow of blood that should be present in church should be that of Christ, which is given at the Eucharist. And this is also one of the main reasons why women are not allowed to be priested in the Greek Orthodox Church. I thought that was a quite an interesting take because I've never ever heard it explained like that to me before. And growing up as a young girl in the Orthodox Church, we were told that we were not allowed to take communion when we were menstruating. And we were often told that we weren't even allowed to come to church. And the explanation that we was given was that it was a sin. So, what does the purification mean for us today? Well, since it's been almost 40 days since Christmas, it's time to think about the last 40 days and ask ourselves some questions. And to do that, we need to look at what Mary did, who knew that the social stigma of having an illegitimate child was not a cause for celebration in the Jewish culture, but rather it was a cause for stoning. And though she was unprepared for what lay ahead, she remained obedient and willing to follow God's call. And Mary trusted God. I know that in these difficult times, trusting God is hard, but God is with us when we hurt. And when we hurt, God hurts too. We are not alone. God is there in the midst of our suffering. And if we listen carefully, as Mary did, we will hear his voice. But we need to stop, reflect, and make some changes before we carry on. We may not know what God wants for us or what to look for, 
But if we are to be vigilant and expectant as Mary was, then we too will know how to recognize it when we see it. At verse 35, Simeon tells Mary, and sorrow like a sharp sword will break your own heart. A reference to the personal grief Mary would endure when she would watch her son die. And yet, nine months before the birth of her child, the child that was born to die, Mary still said yes. Yes to God. And perhaps God is waiting for us to say yes to. Perhaps some of you have already said yes to God and the birth has already happened, but now there is need for purification. Many of us here today may be afraid of what God is birthing in us and many of us may still be waiting, but you don't need to know every step that it would take to get you from here to there. You just need to know where God wants you to be and to commit to following the vision that God has given you. Some of you here today are in that very place of waiting on God. Maybe you are waiting for something and you have no idea why he has you waiting and maybe you have no idea what it is you are waiting for. All you know is that you are waiting for God to do something, simply because there are times in our lives when we must wait on God. I have come to learn that there are times and periods in our lives when God says wait, and through personal experience, I have learned that when God says wait, we need to wait. We need to be still, be silent, listen and let God do what it is that he must do. We need to listen to God, to see things as God sees them and to discern and fulfill the will of God in every aspect of our lives. We need to be looking, watching, waiting and expecting. And that's why Anna and Simeon recognized Jesus when he came. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I want you to look back at what has changed in your life since the birth of Christ 40 days ago. And I want you to think carefully about what it is that still needs to be birthed in you. Did you know that the word translated prune, which Jesus uses when he say, when he talks about the branches the word prune actually translates cleanse. It also translates purified, and it means to be refined. When you prune something, when you cut something, it's a very, very painful process. Purification, cleansing, and refining, it's not easy. It's painful, and it hurts. Today, I want you to consider what it is that you will be presenting at the temple of the Lord that needs to be cleansed and purified in you today.
Amen.